Center State CEO is Central New York's leading business, leadership, and economic development organization committed to creating a region where businesses thrive and all people prosper. Welcome to Center State CEO's semi-monthly podcast, Talk CNY, presented by NBT Bank. Through this series, Center State CEO shares the latest news and information on topics ranging from community and workforce development to policy and innovation. You'll get an inside look at the people, projects, and planning moving Central New York forward. Take a moment right now to subscribe in your listening app for new episode reminders every other Wednesday. It's not just about hiring that one person and all of the responsibilities can fall on this chief diversity officer that's going to make everything better. But it's about leveraging the resources that you do have to continue training like any other professional development opportunity that you provide for your employees, having the opportunity to hone in and dive into what it requires to be an equity-minded person so that you can lead and grow opportunities within your organization needs to continue to be invested in. Dr. Johanna Rogers, Center State CEO, Senior Vice President of Racial Equity and Social Impact, joins us today to talk about the value of diversity, equity, and inclusion programming for businesses and how this work creates stronger, more resilient companies. I'm Andrew Fish, Senior Vice President of Member and Business Experience at Center State CEO. I'm Kate Hammer, Business Coach and Member at Center State CEO. We are your hosts for Talk CNY. Welcome, Johanna. Thank you so much for joining us today, especially given that, you know, you're not feeling 100% really appreciate it. As we've said here before, the work doesn't stop, right? So thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you both for having me. And no, it doesn't. So cold and all, we're here. We're here to talk about it. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for, despite that, you know, this is the season, right? And the season's almost over, hopefully. Hopefully spring brings renewal of health. And all that good stuff. All that good stuff. All that good yeah, stuff. Yeah. But today we are talking about DEI, the work of DEI, and even specifically what that means here at Center State and how that work flows out from Center State into our community. But first, let's just define that a little bit more, especially if someone hadn't tuned in last episode to listen to Melanie Littlejohn from National Grid. So, Could you define that for us and just give a little bit of context about what is the work that you do? Absolutely. So DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? And so I'm Senior Vice President for Racial Equity and Social Impact here at Center State CEO. And for the last almost three years, I've been working with business leaders, organizations, and their employees and creating spaces where we can have critical conversations around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Every day for the last three years, what that means has looked a little bit different. I would say probably the first six months, if you could imagine in 2020, you know, we were sheltered and at home getting the work done, as we say. Um, But around us, you know, issues related to social, racial, gender inequalities was just all around us. And Center State, specifically prior to COVID, had been talking about how do we provide opportunities for our business leaders to engage in more critical thinking around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And my colleagues had already formed a group trying to think about what could we offer, produce, 
you know, collaborate with someone with to offer some type of services. And so when this starts to happen, and I know I have the skill set, but I was kind of just burnt out, let's say, right? Because mm-hmm. I think really prior to 2020, doing DEI work meant that you were consistently, I'll use the words, fighting in this precarious position of trying to drive change and folks being pretty resistant to what that meant. Although many organizations were open to having conversations about difference, we really weren't ready to go deeper into conversations on what created those differences? How did race, identity, sexual orientation, ethnic diversity, how did that shape our lives in the day-to-day basis? And so I think what happens in 2020 is that we're all stuck at home, glued to the television, and on the news just consistently were these narratives about, you know, who were our frontline workers and work disparities and who could afford to stay home with their families and all of these social mm-hmm. matters became a very tangible topic that we couldn't turn our eyes away from, right? And so I stepped, and even someone like myself stepped up and said, you know, Rob team, I would love to have the opportunity to create that space. And we did, designed with a curriculum specialist, designed, thought about the challenges for business leaders, the fact that many of them probably had limited experiences, yet they needed to drive their organizations towards change. And so how do we create that safe space, acknowledging that I would say 85% of the clients we reach aren't anti the work, but they Mm -hmm. have have the opportunities to come together and think about, acknowledge what their limitations are in a safe space, right? We don't show up at work to admit what we don't know often, right? And so how do we create spaces where they can get come around the table, talk about their limitations, acknowledge the gaps, but also do it in a way where they're surrounded with folks that can drive the opportunities to have the hard conversations. And I think the poor of center state with businesses across the region, across the state, provided a foundation for folks to come to the table and engage with an organization that they could trust. And then they met the Resi team, <laughs> who was in that environment, I think really pushed them to say, hey, we're here to support. We want your businesses to thrive, but we also know that particularly in this region, in this space, acknowledging the elements of diversity, equity, and inclusion and all it embodies is really going to help us move forward, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we set out to do then, for sure. So, you know, when we think about this work, we talk about how much it changed in, in 2020. You you have been engaged in this for, for much longer than that. Talk to us about the why. Why is this so important for companies to, to engage in? Why is this important for companies to invest in? I mean, not just from the fact that it's, you know, socially responsible and it's something that we need to do as a society, but there's, there's business case behind this too, right? I mean, there's, there's, there's real tangible outcomes for companies that do this work. Yeah. And it's funny when you just asked that question, I thought about what it must have been like. I, I, I was still in school at the time, my primary education probably, where I imagine people were saying the same thing about the World Wide Web. Mm. Mm. Like, yeah. Why do we need this? We've been doing business the same way we have been. You know, we make telephone calls. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, why? What is this thing the internet, why is it necessary and important? And I'm quite sure there were leaders that were like, oh my God, I could see 
the future in this and how it will change our communications, our ability to to create relationships, not only nationally, but internationally. Mm-hmm. I think we need to pay attention to this. And I could imagine there were some businesses like, we're going to do what we've always done because it's been working. And I make that parallel to what we're seeing now, right? We know that the demographics of our country is changing. We know that the diversity that exists in this country is only going to continue to grow and expand. We know that the generation behind us, millennials, these exes, and so forth, are looking and asking questions that when I went out for a job interview, or probably when you all went out, you weren't asking about a company's social responsibility, diversity and leadership, maybe opportunities for growth, sure. But they are pretty clear that they want to work in spaces that reflect a more diverse community. And not only that, they want to live in places and spaces that are receptive to diversity. Gone are the days where redlining and pretty homogenous neighborhoods are desired. If you look at the demographics, folks are moving closer to city centers, right? In a, in a real way. And so the business case for me and many others that are driving this work is that if we are not prepared to respond to the growing diversity and the diverse needs or desires of our future workforce, then how are we going to sustain the work that needs to be done? If we aren't speaking their language, if we aren't thinking about influencers and TikTok and every other platform that is becoming a way for these young folks to drive, to drive themselves, to create opportunities for employment for themselves, then what happens to the workforce that we need to keep the manufacturers or the accounting firms or the insurance companies um, working? If these are historically predominantly white male dominated spaces and places, then how do we continue to sustain them if we aren't thinking about bringing others in to fill the gaps, right? And we already see that. We know there's huge needs and workforce, not only in our central New York community, but across the country, right? And I'm like, well, what are you doing differently to foster relationships with different types of people? And how, even if you do foster those relationships, are you creating the culture within your organizations that they could see themselves as a part of? Hmm. Because that's where people want to work. And Obviously, there's a great deal of risk to forego that, to not make some steps forward. So what does happen? What is the risk? What can go wrong to not be mindful of this and be actively pursuing the EI? Well, the greatest extremes, right, are the cases that we've seen where companies are putting out advertisement or employees are caught on video doing something or saying something that could be perceived as uh, discriminatory um, towards another group, right? If you're not, I think the mistake, there's a couple of things. There's corporate responsibility in ways that we haven't seen it now for producing products that are not culturally attuned to different demographics, right? We've seen the commercials or campaigns that folks have designed and folks are asking who's at the table with you when you're coming up with these products, right? So there's a continuation of making those types of mistakes. There's also the need for organizations to think about the training of their employees, right? And how we are 
not just diversity and bringing people in, but how are we working with the staff that we have to begin to think about their organizations, the work that they do from a more inclusive standpoint. We have some clients that say, well, we're a pretty homogenous company. You know, we're predominantly white or where we live is pretty homogenous. We don't have a lot of diversity in our community, so we can't do the work. And my response to the team's response oftentimes to that is that there's diversity within that. Are you beginning to acknowledge the mm-hmm. different that women are playing in the organization, the different needs that they may have? You know, thinking about ability status or sexual orientation, right? These are all topics that diversity, equity, and inclusion encompass, right? Um, and so how are we training our workforce to think about that? Because these are going to be the folks that become the managers, directors, vice presidents, right? And so they need to understand these skills too as we look towards the future, right? I was having a conversation yesterday. It's not just about hiring the one person. Yeah. How do you train the people to think more inclusively and you know, in some spaces and places doing that in the school system isn't thought to be important, right? Yeah. So then what happens when they go to work? Johnny, you, you, you talked about the risks that, uh, that, that companies could face and, you know, the, you know, mismessaging or the, you know, discriminatory actions. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just the mitigation of the risk, but it's also the benefit. We've gone through this work here. We're still going through this work. We have a lot more to do here at Center State. You've led us through this process. You've brought in some great outside facilitators. Because frankly, when we started this work, we also looked around and we were relatively homogenous as an organization. When you think about, you know, our staff and and we're, we've made intentional strides towards changing that. And it's not just to hit a number, right? It's not just to say, oh, look, we're doing better. It's, it's actually about bringing in that diversity of thought, bringing in that different perspective and ensuring that the work that we're doing for a community, which is diverse, right? When you look at central New York, that that programming and those thinking and that, and that thought exercise is bringing that rich and, and, and really robust tapestry forward. And so, you know, it, it, it's, it's really important that this is done for not just those reasons of mitigating risk, but also going forward and, and, and bringing in that extra benefit or really the true benefit of that diversity of thought. So talk to us a little bit about when you, when you do this work for outside companies, process that you go through with them. Can you have, you have any sh- stories that you could share as it relates to some of the successes that you've seen with some of this work where we've gone in and, and helped these companies take on these issues? Yes, absolutely. We uh, uh, believe in dialogue and creating space for dialogue. And so one of the first things that we do with companies when we're planning this initiative is talking about time commitment and the logistics of our process. And so many of the clients we train have been virtual because for the first two and a half years, that's all we could do. We're doing a little bit now, a little bit more now in person, but we ask people to cut their cameras on and engage. Many times, in my previous life doing this work, folks would be in the room and it was easy to fade to the back, right? I don't have anything to say. You know, one or two people are often the ones talking. And I think it's been something about the virtual environment where the spotlight is on everybody. So we challenge our participants to really engage, even ask the tough questions. And we create a foundation for doing that by starting off with a little bit of education, and acknowledging that de- depending on who you are, what you look like, where you grew up, your exposure to this topic is probably differs, 
right? And so if we're all walking into the room together, many times my colleagues that identify as white or European, you know, they haven't had this conversation with folks of color before. And many of my folks of color haven't had this conversation in front of um, their white counterparts, right? They may be used to having it in their own personal lives, but at work, it's also very new. And so we do a lot of work to establish the space as a safe one. We do have a team of dynamic facilitators from across the country that come in. It's not just like you're going to hear from Johanna. We have racial, social justice, gender, health equity. We have workforce development folks that have spent their careers thinking about equity, even probably when it wasn't a trend or popular to do so. And so they have a lot of experience engaging people in conversations around this. And so we spend our session one and two really talking about and asking the tough questions, thinking about what has happened historically that may be impacting their industry, but they hadn't really connected the dots to, right? And we get a lot of light bulb moments, a lot of ahas, a lot of, I didn't know that. I didn't understand that. This is why, right? Getting folks to think about this didn't start with George Floyd. Everything hasn't been... you know, romantic and wonderful since the civil rights movement, there's still stagnation. Following that process, we really go into an organizational assessment in our next sessions where we give participants the opportunities to look at what they've what they're doing in their organization, what they know about identifying where the gaps are, and then talking about how those gaps may be preventing them or creating barriers to hitting the performance indicators that they really want to see. Right. And they're doing this for the first time as a team. Right. So we work with either senior leadership. We try to pull together. We'll work with directors and managers. And then we're talking about priorities and strategies, tactics that could help them address what gaps there are. Right. And so over the course of the engagements, not only are you expanding your understanding of what has happened historically and what it means to today. Right. And then thinking about how that shows up within your organization and then talking about some things that can change it. And all of a lot all along the way, we have experts that are working alongside of you and small teams to begin to process and think about these matters in different ways to ask the challenging questions, but also to reflect back and listen to your colleagues and understanding where they are. Right. So after the session is over, Hopefully we've created a team environment where you can talk about these issues. You can acknowledge where different folks are in regards to where their strengths and weaknesses are in relation to the topics. But then you kind of have this support circle that you can come back to and talk about what's working and how do we re-engineer, right? In ways that reinforce that the folks participating in our sessions are gaining the critical skills to do the work, right? And not that Every time you have a question, you need to necessarily return to us to get it answered. But Mm -hmm. we're honing your skills to be really diversity-minded leaders within your own organization. Not to say that everybody's perfect and they probably do need to call us back sometimes. (laughs) But people walk away thinking more in depth about how the issues, the social issues, how redlining in neighborhoods may be impacting the, the type of retention and attraction strategies they have in place. Who are the community resource groups that they need to be connected to in order to provide more supportive outreach for their diverse employees? We have those kind of conversations. Not just going through that training, but really giving them the tools and resources to carry that work forward. And and that's important, right? I mean, as I said, this is not work that we have completed. 
at Center State CEO, you know, put air quotes around that. It's work that we are ongoing and doing. Absolutely. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to continue this important conversation. But first, here's a note from ToxineWise presenting sponsor, NBT Bank. Every day at NBT Bank, we focus our business around all the ways we can help yours. We're large enough to offer leading business and digital solutions, but local enough to ensure personalized one-on-one service. So turn to NBT Bank for a full range of business solutions, like capital and treasury management services, even fraud protection, and see how NBT Bank is just the right size to help you do big things. Visit nbtbank.com to learn more and start a conversation. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. So continuing this conversation, I feel like we have a really good understanding now of process of what it actually looks like to go through that. Can you give us an example of a success story or two, one of the companies that you've worked with? A couple of things popped into my head, right? I was walking into a SU football game. I think it was SU. They were playing Mm -hmm. North Carolina State this last football season. And a woman walks up to me and she goes, are you... And it's interesting because we've been working, you know, primarily virtually with our clients. And so you you don't really see people beyond what you can see on the screen. But she noticed me and she walks up and she has tears in her eyes. She was from a local company and she says to me, Johanna, that experience changed my life. Right. Now, let me just be honest about this. Most of the time in doing this work, you, you get one or two responses like, "Okay, thank you for coming. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> like hurry up and go you've, mm-hmm. you've come in and dropped the bomb and now let's try to figure it out but what she went on to just talk about is that she was someone that wasn't sure why all of these conversations were taking place and mm-hmm. she wasn't resistant to it but she just really you know those are her words but she really couldn't put it all together and it was the time that she spent with the team meeting our team and working with her own that really got her thinking about all of the things she hadn't considered in her life because she didn't have to, right? And she she just went on for a few more minutes and just talked about how that was hugely impactful. And for me, that is the moment that I aim for right? Because if you get the folk, this work isn't, you attend a workshop and you're going to walk out of the door and now you can do everything right. But if you can engage and know that, you know, this is a process and you're learning and you're engaged in this process and it's going to take you reimagining or being open enough to reconsider how every other person experiences our community, that's that's going to help you so much so in, in the long run, right? Because then how do you build your team? How do you lead conversations with your team? You're going to start considering other factors. The other client that we work with was a regional airport. And I had the opportunity to see the airport from a different perspective entirely and work with a number of different stakeholder groups across the organization. And when I got to the leadership team, you know, they really got to the point where they were doing the organizational assessment and the walls are filled with ideas about what they could do differently and how we also provide organizational assessment where we'll talk with some of the employees of the organization and really take the temperature of how they're feeling working in that environment. And sometimes there's a huge disconnect between what the employees feel and what the leaders of that organization 
understand about their experience. And so in this session with these leaders from regional airport, it began to crystallize, right? They couldn't necessarily understand where their employees were coming from. But by the time they had gone through our process and then got to the section where they're assessing what was going on in their organization, it was like a huge aha moment, right? And they said, well, this is why they may be feeling this way. Or I know we're having town halls, but no one was saying anything. Thank you, Johanna, for seeing that. And so as I went back, I had the opportunity to go back through this airport, this time as a traveler. You know, I saw the differences on the walls, mm-hmm. the way that they were bringing different groups into the airport to put up artwork. And it was just like, I see them doing the work. It's great. It's, it's not just that they were talking about it. They're really leaping into the work. And that always makes me feel like, this is why we're doing this. Yeah. What do we wish that companies would do right now? What's that one next step to take after hearing this episode and wanting to take action? Maybe you've you've stood up a diversity, equity, and inclusion committee as a result of what has been happening over the last three years. Have you trained that committee? Have mm. you created spaces for other employees to engage in conversation or think about the work? Have you began, even if you're doing a great job, really done some organizational assessment and seeing how the stand-up of different events, organizations, initiatives that you may have started to address some of these things are working effectively? If you haven't, call us. I think it's important to keep investing in the work, keep the budget lines there, because as I think I said in the beginning, it's not just about hiring that one person and all of the responsibilities can fall on this chief diversity officer that's going to make everything better. But it's about leveraging the resources that you do have to continue training like any other professional development opportunity that you provide for your employees, having the opportunity to hone in and dive into what it requires to be an equity-minded person so that you can lead and grow opportunities within your organization needs to continue to be invested in. Great. Well, Jonna, thank you so much for your time this morning. Really important conversation. And I'm excited for folks to hear about this and take action. Thank you. And look out for more of the events and things that we're hosting for not only organizations, but individuals that want to attend and engage in the work with us. We have more of those opportunities coming up as well. Center State CEO's podcast, Talk CNY, is presented by NBT Bank and is available on clickcny.com and all major podcast platforms. After each episode, you can join us on Click. We will continue to chat about this topic and provide additional resources and links. In Click, you can also listen or watch every episode in the series of Talk CNY. Click is Center State CEO's interactive digital chamber platform where our members connect, learn, and receive support from our staff. Visit the events page at centerstateceo.com for more information on Dr. Rogers' upcoming events. For new episode reminders every other Wednesday, be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast listening app. If you're enjoying Talk CNY, consider leaving a quick review or a five-star rating. 